Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 18, Rebound. Mary, what happened this week? David witnesses Marky from Jasper's Law drinking and smoking weed behind the wheel of his car instead of, like, being on stage for their pee pad audition. When David points this out, Marky peels out of the parking lot and goes and gets in a wreck somewhere, breaking his arm. Since Marky can't play his keyboard in a cast, Jasper asks David to fill in for him. Marky doesn't like that, so he decides to sue the pee pad for lost wages, claiming Noah overserved him at the bar. Also, he threatens David to not say anything, or he'll tell Jasper not to let David play with the band anymore. Meanwhile, Noah's lawyer advises him to settle and just pay Marky a million or two dollars for his idiotic behavior, and Dave is just going to let him do it, at least until Donna has some getting fired problems of her own and says something to prompt David to go ahead and tell Noah that he's not responsible for Marky's accident and they can be buds now. Donna doesn't agree with how stage mom Kim treats her child model daughter Sasha on the set of Child's Play photo shoots, so she decides to say something instead of, like, minding her own business. So she gets fired, but still gets paid for her designs or whatever, but then she gets herself unfired by dressing up like a clown. Kelly berates a teen for getting an STD, and Dr. Curly Jeff tells her, good job! Ellen has contracted chlamydia after having unprotected sex with not her boyfriend, but Kelly and Curly Jeff tell Ellen she has to come clean to Tim because it's the right thing to do. Boyfriend Tim comes to the clinic and is understandably very upset about the infidelity and doesn't think that telling the truth about contracting an infection makes up for it. Kelly advises the teens that they can work past this infidelity situation, but that doesn't mean that she and Brandon can. Remember Christy who got all of her stuff stolen at the airport in that one episode? I didn't. Anyway, Steve reunites with her at her bridal fitting for some reason so she can say, yes, I can get you an interview with Mike Piazza. Tell me more about your relationship woes so I can get cold feet about my marriage. Christy, assuming she's making a mistake marrying her fiancé Harry, runs away to Casa Walsh and makes stressy eggshell pancakes, then makes Brandon drive her around to talk when Harry shows up to be like, excuse me, we're supposed to get married tomorrow. Kelly helps Brandon realize he cheated on Kelly because everything was too perfect between them. Kelly says that's too bad because now that he's broken her trust, she'll only ever assume the worst in him. Meanwhile, Harry helps Steve realize he probably didn't really love Carly because he didn't follow her to Montana. Valerie makes a smoothie, finishes her community service, and fits in a shit ton of consequence-free pot stirring, and I love that for her. Val's smoothie was the greatest intro <laughs> to this episode. Like, yes, okay, things happened before that, but then just watching her make this smoothie and David has to take a call and she's just like, I gotta make a smoothie. I cannot wait for you to take this phone call. I must have it now. Maybe she was just having a low blood sugar moment. Like, maybe it was necessary. Okay, did you also see that the base of the smoothie was Sunny D? Like, talk about sugar. I did not. Yeah, she definitely was having a low blood sugar moment. <laughs> <laughs> the David stuff in this episode is so funny. It is so wild. Like, it was. And it was like nothing like, I mean, yes, like drinking and driving a DUI situation is very dramatic. But just mm -hmm. like 
David being the flip-flopper and kind of the go-between and just kind of like existing, I was like, you're way too chill about this for how you've reacted to things in the past. (laughs) I feel like there was so much of him that wanted to be chill and was just like, well, whatever. I hate Noah. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like let this happen. And then, yeah, Donna shows up in his life and reminds him not to be that. Yeah, like she reminds him how to be a good person. He's like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Which which is fine in some scenarios, but when we get to Donna, we'll have a lot to say about her as well. Right. Yeah, so, okay. Speaking of, you know, the car crash and drinking and driving and all of that stuff, like the episode opens on the band. I've already Mm -hmm. forgotten the name of them. Jasper something? Yes. Jasper's Law. Jasper's Law. Law. I was going to say, like, Judah's Revenge. I was like, that's a little dark. But also, isn't it ironic that it's called Jasper's Law, and we got a dude breaking the law? I mean, not Jasper's Law, but the law. (laughs) But Jasper's word is the law later in the episode. Mm, Good point. But, yeah, they're, like, doing this big audition thing at the pee pad, and for some unknown reason, no one looked at their set list beforehand. And so they go over to David and they're like, hey, we're going to play your song. And he's like, no, that's a love song. Don't do that. And I love Val right behind him like, hmm, a love song. About who? Do I know them? I love her fishing for a compliment. And also I love that like David's like, it's a love song and Noah doesn't like love songs. I'm like, since when does this need to impress Noah? Like, shouldn't it impress the crowd? Like, yeah, like, okay, yeah, Noah's the owner, but does he have anything to do with booking the bands? David's gone to Val for that in the past. Exactly. So, but I guess because Val got fired from it or whatever after the legal situation, (laughs) I guess, yeah, it does make sense that we need to impress Noah. I totally forgot Val got fired last week. Mm-hmm. She is the victim. <laughs> That's why she must resort to scheming. She she has nothing. <laughs> and yeah, there's there's a brief moment where like kind of setting up this drunk driving and like that Noah is not counting the drinks of his patrons. Stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life. But okay, thank you. We've talked about that before. But Brandon is also drinking at the pee pad and getting kind of drunk and kind of mean like he has Mm -hmm. been lately and is just like Noah tries to tell him to let Kelly go and he's just like, uh, thank you, but no. Goodbye. Yeah. He's like, maybe I should call the ex Mrs. Walsh. I'm sorry. Like, no, she no, that's never that's not an accurate representation of the relationship formerly known as Brelly. Like, I don't know why, but my mind immediately went to what happened to Cindy. Right? It's like, yeah, you you probably should call your mom for some advice. She'd probably yeah. say the same thing that everybody else is saying, that you're an idiot and this is not just a mistake. That's all as you keep calling it. Yeah, it's like, literally, he refuses to take responsibility for this thing he's just like oh yeah i'm miserable oh this is why he and val are so close in this episode they just want to talk about how they're each so miserable right exactly but then yeah david goes outside and he sees mark drinking in his 
VW van and also smoking a joint. Mm-hmm. And then, like, and then dry. Yeah, he he like makes some sort of weird comments to David. I guess trying to get him to smoke, but then not caring if he smokes, and then just like leaves. He's just out of there. He hits over. He knocks over a sign, and he's gone. Yeah, but they're not done with their set. They were gonna play more songs, and he was just yeah. like, "No, I think I'm done." Exactly. That's what was so weird. It's like this guy doesn't even seem like he wants to be in a band, but then yeah. acts like this band is like his band or whatever when clearly it's not. Yeah, it like. He just sucked. I think it's so funny how so many of the band members that come on these shows, the fake bands, are just absolute caricatures of Mm -hmm. what musicians are really like. Like, you can tell who's a real musician because they have normal characteristics. Yeah. No, you're so right. I I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, it's like they have to be some sort of a stereotype or some sort of, like, cartoon character almost. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, Mark is no different. Yeah. And, you know, another brief little setup where Brandon had actually left the bar to call Kelly and she's being picked up uh, for a date by uh, Curly Doctor. What is his name? Dr. Curly? Dr. Jeff. 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 Again, I'm like halfway there. I wanted to say Curly Jim and not Curly Jeff. But it's always got to be a J, a short J name. Joe, Jeff, Jim. (laughs) Well, and they they were probably like, well, we've already used Joe and Jim, so Jeff it is. Mm -hmm. Yep. But yeah, he's he's brought her flowers. They both overhear this conversation or the message that Brandon leaves. And she's like, oh, it's it's complicated. Which is like, I don't know, maybe the most simple tagline of this show ever. Right? Beverly Hills, 90210. It's complicated. (laughs) Like, it kind of actually works. It's like when Degrassi was like, it goes there. Right, exactly. 90210. It's complicated. (laughs) Wednesdays at 8, 7 central. Like, (laughs) but yeah, it's like, I don't know what I, like, thinking about, like, where we've been with Brandon and Kelly thus far, how Kelly's been really upset and not wanting to even have a conversation with Brandon. Brandon's been mean to everybody. The fact that he just calls on the machine and, like, says hello and take care, basically, I'm like, he still is not listening. If this is a guy who wants to win her back and prove to her that, like, he's never going to do this again and he really messed up, he needs mm-hmm. to do a few things. Number one, he needs to listen to what she needs. Number two... He needs to recognize the gravity of this mistake. And number three, he just needs to stay away. Give her space. She wants space. Mm-hmm. That's what she wants. So it's just, you know, she's having to shoulder a lot of this, like, emotional and mental load for a person who's not listening to him and forcing his way in. And it's just tough. Yeah. I I hate the messages. And I hate that, like, she has to feel like she has to explain them and thank goodness Mm -hmm. that it's a pretty benign message because I was waiting for it to just be like absolute vitriol of just like you're still not picking up your phone are you seeing other people I think I have a right to know like something like that because agree like last episode was the past two episodes like Kelly's had to have these like mic drop moments to like shut Brandon down at the end of the Mm -hmm. episode so like I'm kind of pleasantly surprised it was an okay message. Right. And so, like, that's 
that's what I'm worried about is that he's going to start being a little bit like chiller when he talks to her, which is going to mm-hmm. like kind of chip away and like um, disarm Kelly a little bit. And I really don't want that right now. Like I want I'm glad with the way the episode goes because Kelly kind of sticks to her. um uh what's the word like she just like stands her ground and she very much is like confident and like no this is how I feel I'm not going to be like manipulated or made to change my mind because this is how I feel and until I get what I need I'm not changing that Mm -hmm. yeah I was thinking what do you think is the appropriate break for Kelly and Brandon assuming they get back together do you think it's like four episodes till the end of the season longer than that like well I know a few things fair (laughs) so I can't say too much but if it were me thinking about this not in context of a show but thinking in context of like real lives for me it's less about the time that it takes and more the actions and the intentions that take place because for Mm -hmm. me what is so upsetting is that like I said earlier when I made like a little passive aggressive comment is that Brandon does not understand the gravity of the decision that he made yes it was a mistake but it was a huge mistake and one mistake can still be a huge mistake regardless if it was your first your only whatever and Mm -hmm. so for me I don't care how long it takes because I would rather it be a situation where Brandon really understands all of this and then acts on it, like, and then decides to, like, own up to it and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I I like that because I think I was thinking in a less elegant kind of way of when I said four weeks, I'm really thinking, like, okay, if Brandon actually starts leaving her alone and letting her do what she needs to do, then, like, four weeks from that point, mm-hmm. I'm happy with them to get back together. Sure. Yeah. I just – yeah. The, the way this is going, I'm like, this is not working for me. You got to, like, actually let them process their feelings and, like, show that they've yeah. grown. Yeah, you got to earn it, right? Yeah. Which is – it's just not happening right now because Val is at a 10. <laughs> like, I mean, it just, it can't. As long as Val is here meddling this much and then Brandon is being his way, it can't happen. Because, like, this next scene after the credits is uh, at breakfast at Casa Walsh. And, you know, David's still there because he's been staying with them. He's upset about Mark leaving in the middle of the set. But then Brandon comes in to talk to Val and really wants her to do a restaurant review. Which and I cannot believe as, that she said no. I know. Well, yeah. And, like, this is just what we've expected. Like, Brandon and Steve just ask all their friends to do, like, cheap labor for them because they know they can't pay anybody. And, like, I'm sorry. This is the most boring newspaper in the world if it's just restaurant reviews and band reviews and, like, <laughs> op-eds about having an affair. Like, hmm I'm sorry. Where's the hard-hitting journalism that we saw when you first started? Where's the sweatshops? Right? Where's my investigative journalist, Brandon, filtered in between classifieds and advertisements? (laughs) What illegal thing did Rush Sanders do now? Right? (laughs) Apparently, we'll never know because there's a new restaurant that opened. Yeah, it's called Updikes, and we got to go there. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hated it. Every time they said updike, I just laughed. I don't. <laughs> it just makes me think of the, the joke that's like, um, hey, man, you got updog on your shirt. <laughs> What's updog? <laughs> What's Yeah. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> before me. we get there, like you said, we're talking through about David's, like, uh, furiousness about um mark driving away and david gets a phone call and val chooses this exact moment to make her smoothie she's like and then she's like sorry but she's not sorry (laughs) i swear yeah she was just like oh this conversation is no longer about me i'm not interested (laughs) button exactly Oh, my God. I love it. And, yeah, when Brandon, like, just to continue with Val, like, when Brandon does, like, ask her about the restaurant review, like, Val's talking about the fact that she's been having to work with his ex-witch. Like, the lines that she has this week. (laughs) I just love how comfortable she feels talking that way to Brandon. I was like, I know, ma'am, that's a bold choice. Right? And I feel like nobody, like, cares anymore. Like, they're like, oh, you can't talk about Kelly like that. Oh, you can't talk about Val like that. It's like, no, this is just how it goes. Like, you either get on board or you don't. (laughs) I'm telling you, this is why I don't understand why everyone wants to join this group. I feel like I'd show up and see the way that Kelly and Val talk to and about each other, and I'd be like, I'm not safe here. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess speaking of that, the call that David gets, it turns out that Mark crashed his car while under the influence Mm -hmm. last night. And thankfully, like, nobody got hurt, nothing bad happened, but he did break his arm and can't play the keyboard while he has a broken arm. Right. So, dun-dun-dun. We'll get there when we get there. I want to make a comment about how everybody seems to handle the drunk driving incident, considering who all is in this group. Exactly. But, like... Everybody has a story this week, whether it is worth listening to or Donna. (laughs) And she's working on this photo shoot for Child's Play. I still cannot get over that that is the name of the clothing line. I hate it so much. (laughs) But the model that they have for the clothes, which is just one little girl. They don't have a little boy. They don't have like multiple kids playing together, which I feel like you would put in a catalog. Mm-hmm. But, like, this kid has been working all day. She's just not feeling it anymore. She really wants to go to the zoo. But then when they're like, no, you have to keep working, she then demands Donna's bracelets. And the mm-hmm. mom is just like, just give them to me. I'll pay you back. Like, she's a regular Veruca Salt. Like, I want a golden goose and I want it now. Like, ve- like immediately Veruca Salt vibes. And... Yeah, the fact that the mom was like, well, you heard her. You need the bracelet. Like, she needs the bracelets. Like, what? Yeah, well, and, like, being the parent of the talent or whatever, you know, this is the woman who designed these clothes. Like, you would never do that if it was an established person. But they see Donna as a PA, and they're like, literally give us the things off your back. Yeah, exactly. I also just couldn't believe that we're, like, getting this storyline. I'm like, oh, my God, please give Donna something better. I've been begging right? for it. Like, they really love doing this, like, slapsticky kind of comedy with Donna. And I just mm-hmm. 
I don't care. Like, this is what we have to do when she's alone is she climbs up chimneys and loses a dog and now has to dress up like a clown for a little kid. Yeah. I just Which, don't like, like it. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like we have, like, really good opportunities for segues and I don't know how to do anything other than – and because you said that, here's this next thing because, <laughs> like, the next – scene is when Brandon finally gets to work at the Beverly Beat and Steve is apparently so sad from his breakup which was three days ago and they're like how dare he not immediately rebound and start hitting on all these women that come into the office to put in classifieds he's he's broken something's wrong with him how dare he be sad yeah they give Janet's only lines of the episode to be like he hasn't been a, you know, a Lothario, so something's wrong. I've known him for approximately three weeks, and I already know this about him. It's been three days. Yeah. Like, y'all, at least give it a week. Mm-hmm. And then when he says he feels like a loser, and so Brandon's like, okay, go get an interview with Mike Piazza. Like, you can <laughs> just do that. Yeah, you know that guy that, like, his fiance is, like, you know, she works for the Dodgers, so just go ask her. Like, never mind. Like, what if she's literally, like, in marketing? Like, if you're in marketing for, you know, an organization like the Dodgers, you don't know the players. You don't have access to the players. Like, she could have been IT for all we know. Like, accounting. Right. And Literally. Brandon's like, that's easy, right? Like, that's how you do it. This is, like, the part of Golden Boy Brandon, main character syndrome where, syndrome, where he's like, yeah, it's the easiest thing in the world. Just go in and do this thing when it's like, okay, you clearly don't know anything about anything. <laughs> yeah, you've never had to actually live in the real world. You keep thinking you do, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And, like, then it just spurs this whole conversation. I hated so many of these storylines, back to back to back. I hate the Donna stuff. And now I hate this one with Steve where he has to go bug someone like the day before her wedding to do this. I, I got to tell you, like, I think like six days before my wedding, somebody needed something at work. And I was just like, no. Can't. <laughs> Why would I do that for you? I'm not doing anything. I'm out of the office. Um, you're sitting right here, there. No, but I'm out of the office. <laughs> like seriously he shows up at her final dress fitting and she's like no it's no bother I was like uh get out it's a huge bother well and that's how you should know that something was up because she wasn't super stressed out about the wedding itself right and like mm-hmm. you know we can go ahead and talk about that just because we're already here and like yeah, yeah. He, he starts immediately talking about like he thought Carly was the one but there's all these fish in the sea and st- talking about all, like saying all the wrong things to a woman who's about to get married at their age. She's like, oh, just because you love someone at 23 doesn't mean you're going to love them at 33. And I'm here to tell you guys, all of us met our people <laughs> around that time. And guess what? We've been with our people from 23 to 33, basically. <laughs> yeah, almost exactly. The timing was almost perfect. I was like, I mean, 21 and 32, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, 21 but- and 33. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, 
this whole time that she's standing there in the mirror trying to find something wrong with the dress and he never once tries to compliment her. He's just talking about this breakup that he had and she's like, oh my God, you have convinced me I'm making a huge mistake. And for the rest of the episode, it's just Steve following Christy around, basically. This was a very like hijinksy episode now that I'm like thinking about it because of the Donna stuff, because of the Steve stuff. Not so much it the really... Kelly stuff, but then with Val thrown in there, you know, with all of her scheming, it was very hijinksy. Mm-hmm. It really was. I didn't think about it until we, like, really looked at each person. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so it turns out that after she realizes she needs to call off the wedding from her dress appointment, she doesn't want to go home, so Steve invites her to spend the night at Casa Walsh, and she's got her wedding dress with her hung up in her in Steve's room where she's staying, which I feel like is either the best idea or the worst idea if you're having mm-hmm. second thoughts about your wedding to just, like, have that thing staring at you. Right, exactly. But it's just not going well. Like, Brandon and Val – come in and see Christy in the kitchen attempting to make pancakes and they are just like two little kids that found (laughs) the candy supply. They're just like, oh, hello, who are you? I just loved when they were like, my name is Brandon Walsh and I live here and Val immediately (laughs) is like, and I'm Valerie Malone and I live here too. (laughs) I loved it. She had to go to work and she was like, give me all the details. And he's like, yeah, you Mm -hmm. got it. Yeah, exactly. Like, this was, like, a cute little, like, you know, friend, young people thing to do. And, yeah, like, Steve comes in and is just very nonchalantly, like, you know, I let her crash here, but you should probably call Harry. He's expecting your call. And then she immediately starts freaking out and, like, putting the inside of the egg in a measuring cup and the eggshells and the pancake batter. And it was just, like, again, very, like, hijinksy, hokey, like, trying to show how frazzled this woman is and the other people are just watching her doing it, not being like, hey, Christy, stop talking. You're doing the wrong thing. Literally, at one point, she says, I've made a huge mistake, and they respond with like, no, no, I like them crunchy. Like, no. (laughs) Like, I know you're attempting comedy here, but it's just not that funny. No, I liked it when Steve was finally like, how about I just buy you breakfast? Mm Mm-hmm. But the fact that, yeah, she's just, like, hiding at their house and being like, well, Harry's out of town. And they're like, you could call him. And she's like, no, 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 no. It's like, I, and I then don't he, think I'll do that. <laughs> and then he shows up and is banging on the door. And she's on the exact other side of the door. He should hear every single word that she's saying when they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll sneak out the kitchen. Like, okay, Harry, go around the back. Yeah, like, he should have heard that. And he doesn't. And so Brandon, like, takes her out. Meanwhile, Harry comes in. And Steve is just trying to be like, I just wanted an interview with Mike Piazza. Like, acting all innocent. Like, he didn't do something wrong. And, like, Harry's, like, frantically looking through the house trying to find Christy and insists, like, no, we are getting married. And it's like, that's fine if that's how you feel. But clearly your fiancé is having some second thoughts. So maybe you guys need to talk this out. You know, and this is, like, a roundabout way, just such a weird way to have Steve realize, like, oh, maybe I d- didn't love Carly as much as I thought I did because I wouldn't follow her to Montana and Harry would follow Christy to, like, the ends of the earth. And I'm like, that's a- an interesting measuring stick you got there, Steve. Which, 
Okay, to be fair, that is what we said last week, that we were just like, there has never been a conversation of Steve going to Montana with Carly or them trying a long distance thing. Like, Mm -hmm. that just doesn't get brought up at all, which is how I knew that it was over and he was going to move on really fast. Right. But I would not have revealed this to the – like, I wouldn't have made the character realize it in this way. And I also Mm -hmm. feel like Harry came on – way too strong like oh for sure i get the emotion but (laughs) (laughs) i just feel like he came on so strong where he's like banging on doors and like barging in to try and find her like that's like low-key kind of scary to me like it was too much Mm -hmm. and then again it was like all pointless i mean not pointless but like pointless in the sense that Yeah, we could have just had Steve realize it by talking to Janet at the Beverly Beat, by talking to Brandon about what he would have done in that situation. Like, we didn't need two guest stars, a bunch of extras, and basically like a wild goose chase, sort of. Yeah, because like, yeah, Brandon takes Christy to get a hot dog, and he's like, oh, how's that? And she's like, perfect, as usual. At which point I stopped writing anything in my notes because I was like, oh, they're doing the perfect thing where it's like we call our thing perfect, but then we have to realize it's not perfect and calling Mm -hmm. it perfect makes us so stressed about making sure it stays perfect. Like we've had this conversation 15 times before. Well, and this is exactly the point that I was trying to make earlier where Brandon's like, I just made a mistake. That's all. I'm like, yes, some mistakes are bigger than others and you clearly don't get that. And like guaranteed if you had told Christy that your mistake was cheating she would have been like oh yeah that's a bigger mistake you know what I mean yeah like oh that's way different I thought we were talking about just like lying about the groceries or like being nervous about commitment like being nervous about commitment but Christy willing to like there's such a they try to parallel Brandon and Christy in terms of being afraid of commitment here and Steve Mm -hmm. to some degree. But what they didn't do to make it very clear is that Christy didn't want to cheat on Harry. Christy didn't want to be with anybody else. She just didn't know if she wanted to be married this young. That is a huge difference than I'm scared of commitment. So I'm going to cheat on my partner of a long time who I was planning on getting married to. And then same thing with Steve where he wasn't sure how committed he was to Carly And he still didn't want to cheat on her. He just didn't want to follow her. All three of these things, one of these things is not like the other. And Brandon (laughs) doesn't get that. And that's what made me mad about the Brandon stuff this episode. No, you're totally right. Like, literally, he says in this scene, I just made a mistake. Like, Mm -hmm. he kills me. It just, ugh. But anyway, so then Steve, we're back at the Walsh house. Steve says, like, Harry's waiting on her call. Brandon calls Val because he had planned to do a restaurant review with her and that was off. And there's more scheming involved that I think we can get back to whenever we get back to the Kelly stuff. But like moral of the story, we don't see the end conversation between Harry and Christy. We just see them like coming out of the church, getting married. And Steve and Brandon are just there. And like... (laughs) Not only are they just there, they walk out of the church right behind the couple. I know. They're in the photos. (laughs) I'm like, hang on a minute. These invitations were sent out months ago. These RSVPs were received months ago. 
I bet they invited Brandon or they invited Steve because he's Harry's fraternity brother. And then Steve RSVP'd with a plus one because he was with Carly. And so now he just brings Brandon instead because now Brandon has a connection to the relationship. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And it's at this wedding right after that Steve realizes like, oh, I wasn't that into Carly and then starts to go hit on every other woman at this wedding. Which I guess that is a happy ending that we've got good old creepy Steve back. I just... Ugh. Also, those bridesmaids dresses were hideous. They reminded me of the ones in Boy Meets World that Topanga <laughs> has for for Morgan, uh, Angela, and Rachel. <laughs> Oh, that's a really my good analogy. God, because <laughs> Morgan makes fun of Topanga when she has she tries on that like I guess it was Amy's old wedding dress or something like that. Oh my God, it's so funny. Ugh, but okay. yeah, I mean that's basically all that happens to Steve. Well, and now I'm trying to remember where we were. Okay, so oh, we were Columbia. at. <laughs> I was probably going to ease into it a little more gradually, but you're right. <laughs> you know what? It's not AIDS. If you ask Kelly, <laughs> she's just going to shame you. Just consider yourself lucky, okay, that you got the clap. <laughs> I was losing my mind because, like, when it's a female patient and a male doctor, we've already established this with the last doctor that, like, it is precedent to have a woman in the room with you so that like yeah. your patient is more at ease there's somebody there to like you know manage the situation as in it's supposed to be a neutral third party I assume and not Kelly just standing there being like oh you got chlamydia <laughs> how embarrassing like <laughs> seriously though they like scare tactic the shit out of her by saying, like, oh, good thing it wasn't AIDS. And, oh, don't you know about safe, safe sex? And, like, also you cheated on your boyfriend? How dare you? Okay. When this first started, I was like, oh, we're just using the clinic for PSAs for the rest of our lives. Got it, got it, got it. Which honestly then, would have been fine. <laughs> I was not mad about it. And yeah. then maybe, like, the next scene after this one is when I realized, like, oh, we're actually using this to show Kelly evidence of people forgiving cheating. Right. Yeah, because, like, oh, if a boyfriend can forgive his girlfriend for cheating on him and giving him chlamydia, you can do anything, Kelly. Like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> but – at least the scene leads to like you know after they scare tactic her and she leaves jeff like when jeff and kelly are walking out of the treatment room the exam room he asks kelly out to that place called up dykes uh up dogs and i like in this moment like when you see val overhearing this i literally wrote guaranteed val wants to do the restaurant review now and like yeah, that's exactly what happens. And I don't care that it's predictable. It's exactly what I want. <laughs> it was so good. And just like watching her perk up and just like get to the phone and be like, Brandon, I have the best idea. <laughs> yeah. There's a new restaurant that I've never heard of before, but just found out about. It's called Updike's. Want I want to go do that right now. <laughs> I also, I really can't get over the fact that Curly Jeff keeps asking Kelly out right after like traumatic experiences. Like, dude, girl gets beaten by her boyfriend. Oh, we God. should go out sometime. Let's get a drink. 
girl gets chlamydia and we slut shame her and then convince her that she has to tell her boyfriend about it. How about dinner? Like the disassociation with them is insane. (laughs) I mean, I guess this man has found his calling. He is able to turn it on and turn it off. For real though. God. (laughs) And there's, there's a little break in between where the Noah, Mark, David stuff is really picking up with uh, Jasper's law because Mm -hmm. Mark is the keyboard player, so they need someone to step in, and they want it to be David. But also, Mark wants to claim that Noah was negligent and overserved him, and that's why he got into the accident. So he's already contacted a lawyer and plans to basically commit fraud, and he's excited about it. Right, right. And, like, this at this point – which I think we have talked about this before in previous episodes, like could have been throughout this entire run of the show, but like that is not legally accurate, right? Like you cannot sue a bartender for not cutting you off, right? So it, it's been years since I worked in a restaurant. I feel like we need to get an expert opinion and ask Michael mm-hmm. because he probably knows best out of any of us for at least the state of Georgia. Yeah. But – If I remember correctly, it is different state by state. And in the state of Georgia, you are not legally liable for over-serving. However, they do still teach about it because, like, it's bad optics. And, like, you also should not, you know, let people get behind the wheel. Like, I remember I had to stop someone once because she poured the rest of her margarita into a to-go child's cup at Chili's. And I had to be like, ma'am, can you please open that child's cup so I can take that big margarita away from you oh my god yeah I mean I think there's like definitely a difference if you see somebody exhibiting symptoms of like being extremely drunk like yeah you should make a judgment call and say I'm not gonna serve you but Mm -hmm. to to like presume that a bartender could reliably keep track of how many drinks they've served every single person unless I guess you like are ringing up a drink ticket you see yeah or or yeah drink tickets or something like that and you see that then I'm like okay you can make a judgment call then but I'm like is is it legal like is that literally breaking the law like it just seemed a little ridiculous that Noah should be having to keep track of every single person and how many drinks he has served to every single person in that club especially like they say later when you have no idea if they had come from a bar beforehand, if they had been drinking all day, like you have no knowledge except for what you're experiencing in that moment. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't think this is accurate, but I'm not sure given the time and the fact that it's in another state if that's true yeah. or not. Like I just no, don't fair. know. Yeah. But this fair. is the second time this has been brought up on this show. So like mm-hmm. maybe at the time it was true. Yeah, good point. Yeah. But then, you know, a couple of other things happened that night. Brandon is at Updike's waiting for Val when Kelly and Dr. Intern come in. Mm-hmm. And I I do appreciate Brandon not trying to make it weird. I do, too, because I very much was expecting him to be like, he's going to insert himself and like go up Mm -hmm. to them at their table and make a scene. But he's like, no, I don't want to do this. Let's go. 
Yeah. And this is Which, the point when Val smirked where I wrote in my notes, Val's work is done. Like without knowing she's going to say that later, that's when I wrote that. So I also did not expect Brandon to go to the restaurant review with Val. I expected him to mm. just like tell her to go and like, okay, bring the receipts back, like bring every all your notes and everything. I mean, I'm not going to turn down a corporate funded lunch or dinner yeah. in this case. So like I get it. But I didn't expect him. I expected Val to go by herself and sit at a table nearby and just creep on the entire date. Yes, exactly. I didn't expect that the only goal was to just get him there to see her. Which is pretty smart. I will give it to yeah. her. It's true. She it avoids she out maloned me. Ex- exactly. Like it avoids the most like probable outcome of like confrontation, you know? Yeah. And then another quick update on Donna where the child model Sasha, uh, her mom comes up to Donna and is just like, stay away from my daughter because you're ruining her career. Which was a wild accusation. <laughs> this, like, I just don't care about this stage mom thing. Like, we, we all know it exists and it's it is a tragedy to just like force your child to do the things that you wanted to do and then like right. lie to them about going to the circus all day well and like, like to that point too like we know we also know that we're allowed to have these negative feelings towards it but we also know there's a line that you just don't cross when it comes to interfering and meddling which donna does not know this line <laughs> donna's favorite line to cross is meddling with <laughs> other people's children it's so true She's like, literally, I think she's like, I don't have my own already, and my mother does this to me, so, like, I have mm. to. It's an impulse. That's true. It just, she was killing me. I did not care at all. <laughs> well, we basically have, like, every storyline goes in order. You know, it's like mm-hmm. Donna, Steve, uh, David, Kelly, Donna, Steve you know, David Kelly. Like, it's the same thing for, like, consecutive amounts of scenes. I'm literally looking at my notes right now, and it is David Kelly, Donna, Steve. It is literally that order that you just said. Exactly. So, like, we get a short little scene with David in the Peach Pit where he's trying to write a song about Val, and he can't. (laughs) He's trying to can, but literally can't. (laughs) I was dying so much and then mark is like hey man you want me to take a look at that for you and he's like no really i'll look at it and then he orders dead black thick as mud coffee i'm like who is this man (laughs) my least favorite thing about tv and movies is when people order thick as mud coffee like why on earth would you want thick coffee does that mean there are grounds there (laughs) like I literally picture, like, mud, like sludge. <laughs> yes. Like, that's not what coffee is. No. Like, the purest coffee is the smoothest, most, like, uh, anyway, we don't need to get into coffee preferences. But, yeah, then he just, like, casually tells David that the breathalyzer only got him for the alcohol and not the pot, which I'm like, is that that's possible? How they work. Is that a thing? Yeah, like... I mean, I guess it is because, yeah, breathalyzer literally tests, like, alcohol, blood alcohol content. But, like, 
isn't there also evidence like can't you also maybe not from a breathalyzer but like wouldn't the cop also smell the weed and i I don't know i mean maybe not depending on how far he's driven if he had the windows open if he ditched the joint like he might have aired out or maybe the smell of alcohol was covering it yeah that's a good point yeah and then also if he he smokes cigarettes too that's gonna cover it Mm -hmm. up ah yeah good point good point yeah, I fully buy in the scenario that he got in an accident and they immediately jumped to breathalyzer. And then when the breathalyzer showed that he was under the influence, they probably stopped there and were just like, yeah. whatever, we're fine. We got this much. No, that's a good point. And well, and then he basically just tells David, like, look, I'll help you write this song and I'll help you get into the band, but you can never tell anyone that I was actually stoned. You have to commit fraud with me. Right? He like essentially blackmails him. And I'm like, well, this is predictable. I'm like, David needs to have a little bit more of a backbone. He's and street me. smarts. Like, I'm sorry, but like, he already proved that he wasn't that great at school. And we thought he had street smarts. And that was kind of the difference between him and like Kelly or even Donna to some degree. But like, mm-hmm. they just tried to make it seem like Donna was not smart, but she actually is. But like, I don't understand the point of these story like I understand the point of a music storyline with David but I don't understand Mm -hmm. kind of the like darker side of these things with David because it's like you know he's already gotten involved with the loan shark he's already gotten involved with drugs he's already like he's already experienced so much of the dark side of like the music industry and you know all that kind of stuff business side So, like, Mm -hmm. what are they trying to do with him if he is not learning from his mistakes and learning from these experiences? Yeah, he just keeps having the same, like, waffling, well, I don't know if I let the Nazis play in my club or not moment. Right. Like, Like, I don't get it. (laughs) These should be black and white issues. Like, Mm -hmm. anti-Semitism, fraud. Like, there's, there's not, like, a middle area on these things. Exactly. They're all so extreme. And he's still just like, well, what am I going to do? You know? No one has ever had to deal with this before. It is an impossible question. (laughs) Yeah. It's a trolley problem all over again. Like, ugh. Oh, my gosh. And then we have to go to the clinic where Tim, teenage boyfriend, Mm -hmm. uh, has just taken his chlamydia test. And is pissed. They're like, we'll get the results soon, but like, we'll go ahead and put you on antibiotics. And for some reason, Kelly is still in the room, even though this is a boy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought this was weird. I mean, clearly it was just a device to like have Kelly. It's just to put her there. Yes, exactly. And the fact that this conversation turned from just like, you might have chlamydia, here's some antibiotics to like, your girlfriend told you the truth. She's trying to win your trust back. Like, Again, this is a conversation where, like, it sucks that you have to tell someone that you cheated on them and gave them chlamydia, but Dr. Intern was literally like, if this goes untreated, it leads to infertility. Like, yeah, you can't just not tell him. I know. It, uh, it just, the overstepping and the, and the fear tactics in this storyline was just like, what are we doing? Like, make it one or the other. Like, we can have a different scenario or a different, like, 
storyline to make Kelly hear different things about trust. Like we could literally just have Dr. Intern be like, I was once in a relationship where I got cheated on too. It really sucked. You know, like that's easy. Mm-hmm. We don't need a chlamydia PSA. I was so confused. This is the scene where they're like, well, she's trying to earn your trust back. And I was like, oh God, no. Like I literally wrote that in my mind. I was like, do not want delete this whole storyline i don't need teenagers cheating on each other and giving them stds and then just like shaming them repeatedly mm-hmm. exactly and then yeah we got to keep jumping around because uh donna shows back up to work the next day and she calls sasha a brat and <laughs> uh manager glasses man i don't colleague or guy who hired her for this short stint i don't know he (laughs) fires her because they've already spent a lot of money on sasha i love how and i'm being sarcastic but i love how perceptively easy it is to fire people in tv they just literally say you're fired without any sort of protocol, any sort of like, we got to talk to HR. We got to make sure we don't have your direct deposit set up anymore. Like all the kind of protocol. They're just like, you're fired. You have to leave immediately. And like on the other side of it, the people are just like, oh, I got fired. Not like we that literally came out of left field. You never put me on a pip. You never did anything. Yeah. Like, I have rights as a worker. Mm-hmm. And no, just, she just she gets fired, so she leaves. Yep. And now we have to go back to David, where having oh my God. talked to Mark about fraud, he goes to the pee pad and starts like really putting it in Noah's head that he overserved Mark, and it's his fault that he did all these things, and that he should settle for millions of dollars. I just kind of love this scene because it was finally a confrontation between them that wasn't about Donna. And it was like Noah getting the upper hand and showing David how ridiculous he sounds. Because like David's issue with Noah is just that he's dating Donna, but he's trying Mm -hmm. to make it other issues, but he has no leg to stand on. And Noah like points it out. And so I kind of loved it. Because, yeah, like, when he's talking about settling and he was like, I wasn't criminally wrong, but Mark could get me for negligence. Like, I was like, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And this is when I wrote, I was like, I really don't know how the laws work with a bartender and cutting people off. So, sure, that might be fair. And then when David throws it back in his face, like, oh, well, when I was running the club, at least I was careful. And then I didn't. Like, have the money to buy my way out of my mistakes. And then Noah's like, well, you didn't have to, did you? I took care of that for you. I'm like, ooh, yeah, you did. <laughs> I just, it wouldn't have made sense in this scene. But for someone to be like, David, you idiot, what are you talking about? And, like, pointing out all of the times that he actually totally wrecked while mm-hmm. he was running the pee pad. Like, Mm-hmm. I love Noah's response. It is the right response. Me as an angry viewer, I'm also sitting here in my notes being like, what about Dick overdosing in the bathroom? What about the fire? What about getting evicted? What about this? What about this? What about this? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I mean. Like David has such a blind spot for Noah that he just latches onto anything without even trying to like think about 
if what he's actually saying to Noah is true. He's just like, like you were saying, like, why doesn't he have a backbone? He's just hearing stuff from Mark and hearing stuff from other people to then fuel his argument when he probably actually doesn't even believe any of this. And if he actually sat down and thought about it, he's just wrong. Like, he, you're, to your point, it's like he did do all these things and he's conveniently forgotten it to just like for the sake of an argument. So. Well, and like we've been talking about this both like before we started recording and while we've been recording that there is this narrative that is being pushed upon us that David can only be a good person under Donna's influence. So like, yeah, he's just had this conversation where he has no problem with Noah losing millions of dollars and his reputation and all this stuff. And then he runs into Donna at the peach pit where, you know, she mentions that she got fired, but she didn't do anything wrong. But the problem is she interfered with the talent. And there's David being like, oh, I'm actually in a similar situation as you. Mm-hmm. But And, like, Donna's all, like, you know, doom and gloom about it because she's bombed. And mm-hmm. But even despite that negative feeling, even despite the icky feeling that she has, she's like, I would still do the same thing over and over because if you have to do the wrong thing to, to do what you want or to get what you want, probably wasn't worth having. Which we can argue, you know, should Donna have meddled? Probably not. Should she mm-hmm. have said something to the mom? Probably not. But, you know, the the point she's trying to make is correct. You know, like, you, like yeah. yeah, you still got to be ethical. You still got to be, like, doing the right – the things the right way, even if sometimes you finish last. And to your exact point, this is when David hears what he needs to hear. And for David to be a good character, he needs to, like – be able to stand on his own without somebody propping him up. And so far that just isn't the case. Yeah. It's really interesting to me that they are just like grasping so much on this, like David needs Donna because Mm -hmm. I just don't think we've shown the other side of it where Donna needs David in any way, shape or form. So like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make, it doesn't endear the relationship to me, even though there is no relationship right now. Donna is with Noah and David is with Val, but like, I'm not sitting here wishing that I got more of this David and Donna scene because I'm like, well, I don't need this. Like, this is Mm -hmm. what happened last time. Donna's always the, like, North Star and then David does something stupid. I a thousand percent agree. And it's it's very much a codependent relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. Donna, I think, needs David to need her. And David needs to need Donna. And so you're 100% correct where it's like we haven't seen – we've seen Donna be able to come to these conclusions and be a good person on her own regardless Mm -hmm. of who she's with. Even when she was with Ray, you know, and she was being abused. We have not seen that from David. And so we don't really understand what David really brings to the relationship for Donna Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we're going to have to learn in the next, like, you know, one and a half seasons we have left for there to be a proper payoff. Yeah, completely agree. Like, I keep thinking that there has been enough growth and then they change the goalposts on me and that's fair. And I'm waiting for us to catch up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. And speaking of Donna doing the right thing, this next scene 
is getting real close to the end of this photo shoot for Child's Play because Donna shows up again. Sasha is throwing a tantrum and Donna is dressed like a clown with a nose. And somehow this works in her favor and isn't just like she's not just laughed off the stage. Right. I mean, to be fair, she <laughs> she came dressed in like clown chic. So <laughs> Oh yeah. This was like, by the way, this is my fall line. Clown yeah, play. Exactly. <laughs> Clowns play. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, I'm like, I literally this is the only note I wrote. I said, Donna shows up at the photo shoot and apparently brings the circus to Sasha. That warms her over and okay. Like constantly. What is the point? All of my scenes are one sentence long. There's that, and then the next one is Brandon calls Val to cancel their restaurant review, which does lead to a much more exciting moment. But, like, these scenes are just whiplashy. They go so fast. Well, yeah, because, like, to that that point about the Val situation, in that previous scene, it was back at the foundation. We get a little bit more of that Ellen and Tim stuff, which I don't care about. But then, like, Val overhears the end of that conversation, and so he's just, she's like, oh, what a dweeb, or whatever she says. And then Kelly's like, oh, it's, you know, it's romance. And then she's like, well, you wouldn't take Brandon back. And Kelly's just like, don't you have a toilet to clean? Which is great. Love that. Oh, so good. And then, yeah, when Brandon calls Val to tell her that the restaurant review is off, Val lies and says that her car won't start, so can she have a ride home, putting kelly at the walsh house and she's like fine i need to talk to brandon anyway and val is just like again it's like colin robinson with energy vampire it's just like when valerie gets to malone people she just builds and builds and builds and gets so much energy off of it it made me so happy that val is just like hey my car won't start can i get a ride and kelly just says sure like (laughs) they hate each other so much and they are sitting there like hours ago Kelly is mocking Val being like, don't you have a toilet to clean? And now mm-hmm. she's just like, yeah, come on. It's like a 25-minute drive. Whatever. That's why I'm convinced these two people actually deep down love each other. But they love the banter and love the, like, you know, the game more. Well, because I'm going to, you know, jump ahead a little bit because, like, she Val does get home with Kelly and somehow – she, like, convinces Kelly to rush upstairs to Brandon's bedroom where he and Christy are hugging. And she just, like, I don't know, gets Kelly in there. She just comes running up and she's like, Brandon, there's someone here to see you. And Kelly walks into the bedroom like, that's not weird. It's like Val, Val started running and, and Kelly's like a puppy in this instance. When a human starts running, it's like she just has to run. She's like, oh, we're running now. We're running now. <laughs> I, it makes no sense to me that Val would be like, come on. And she's like, Val, I don't want to go running up the stairs to his bedroom. But she does anyway. And yeah, her plan works perfectly. And I did actually really like Kelly's comment because mm-hmm. it was very realistic, I think, for somebody who's had their trust broken. Because like Brandon's trying to be like, this isn't what it looks like. She's getting married, you know, like all this kind of stuff. And Kelly's like, well, I'm glad I was wrong, but I'll always think the worst. That's what happens when you lose someone's trust. And, like, I feel like that's so relatable. Like, your brain automatically thinks worst-case scenario and thinks in more of a pessimistic view. Because, yeah, like, how can you you trust this person anymore? Especially not only when you were 
cheated on, but lied to and schemed around and all of that. Like, I, I was like, good point. Yeah, well, and that's actually probably why she was willing to run up the stairs. Mm-hmm. She expected the worst and was like, I shouldn't trust Val, but. Yeah, she's got a point to this. Yeah. And, you know, there's another kind of like climaxy in the other storyline with Noah and David because Noah shows up to the Beverly Beat where I legitimately forgot David is still working, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Kaza Walsh can just carpool to work now. They all work in the exact same place. Seriously. But Noah shows up and admits to David that he was careless and that he should have been counting drinks, which goes back to our conversation. It's literally impossible. There's no way you could do it and be accurate and, like, have any of that be admissible anywhere. Mm -hmm. But this is where Noah tells David about his backstory, where he got drunk and he drove and he killed his fiance. Like, she died in the accident. And David finally realizes it's not just about money. And I just want to be like, oh, you've realized there's a person in there. Exactly. Noah's a guy. That's what I mean. He's been so, like, blinded by the fact that he just feels, like, David feels like he stole Donna from him. That he just has completely stripped all humanity away from him. And now that he knows, like, oh, shit, this, th- there's a different reason why you're feeling this way, you know, about this situation. It's like, okay, David, you got to start learning some things here. It's just like with Steve, with women. It's like you got to start learning stuff. It was killing me. I was just like, I mean, I guess, you know, spoiler alert for later in the episode, I guess this is the final turning point where David and Noah become friends and are chill together. Mm-hmm. But, like, what a way to get there. Yeah, right. And we also find out that Sasha got to go to the circus and Donna gets her job back and additional responsibilities that she wants. Like she has more responsibility right after getting fired. Why does that make sense? Yeah, I know. And she like gets to like make terms for her reinstatement essentially. I'm like, in what universe? Right? Like – I wish. Not that I've been fired, but, like, I wish. Yeah. Like, my current employer would be like, that's funny. I have 75 people in the pipeline. Go away. Yeah. Like, you're not one of one here. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. But, yeah, luckily that storyline's over. And also what is over is Val's community service. She finally finished her last two hours. And, um... Yeah, like the intern walks in, Kelly talks about the cheating, and then he says, like, they can go at whatever pace they want or she wants, which is a good thing. Like, I do appreciate that. Yeah, because, I appreciate like, that. Because as as a viewer of many dramas in my life, uh, television shows, I'm always on edge when it comes to, like, a new person coming in the fold, right? So I'm glad he stated, like, nope, we can go at a slow pace, a fast pace, whatever pace you want, and... They agree about trust, you know, kind of how important it is. They kiss. <laughs> and this is when Val just, like, comes in and is like, see ya, and just has this grin, this megawatt grin on her face, like, so pleased with herself, and literally says, my work here is done. And I just love her so much. That 50 hours was perfect. 
Like it was so worth it. <laughs> I I would trade it for nothing. Like I know. I, I need it in my life forever. Yep. I d- I don't really care about Dr. Intern every time he's like, we'll go at, you know, the pace you want to go. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we've seen Kelly just like be in relationships just to be in relationships with no intention of sleeping with the guy or like developing actual feelings. So Mm -hmm. be careful about that. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I do love that Kelly tells Donna afterwards. She's like, oh, I'm finally free of Val at the clinic. Like she always seemed to be up to something, but I couldn't pay attention enough to see what it was. And I was like, girl, you have no idea. (laughs) She has been playing the puppet master for the last week. Right. Like you were just scratching the surface. Like just the awareness to know that she's always up to something is just the tip of the iceberg. It truly, like, you can never begin to understand how much effect she had in your life this last week. Exactly. And we get to wrap everything else up, too, because David asks Mark and Jasper to come over to Casa Walsh, basically to talk about the lawsuit, and then just completely throws Mark under the bus with Jasper, and Jasper chooses David over Mark, and Mark is shocked. Yeah, like, this is hilarious to me that, like, they've spent approximately two days with David, and they're like, well, yep, I picked that guy, the guy we haven't known. Like, we don't know how long Jasper and Mark have known each other, but presumably long enough to have a full-on band. And yeah, Jasper immediately is like, no, I like you. Literally, he, like, chooses him. He's like, I choose you. He, there was yeah. no I choose me in this. <laughs> Oh, my God. If Jasper would have said, I choose me, I would have loved it so much. And then Mark and David are sitting drinking at a table together, just being like, we could have had that. <laughs> yeah. He's the one that got away. <laughs> God. I I cannot get over this whole Jasper's Law thing. And I'm really nervous about David joining this band, knowing that they yeah. drink and do drugs, even though I guess right. Marky was like their doctor feel good or whatever they called him. Yeah. So – Maybe now they're just like, we can't get drugs anymore, so I guess we won't do them. I hope that's the case. (laughs) I'm sure it's not. That's Yeah. That's not how that works. But yeah, I can hope. Yeah, exactly. And I guess we'll like, hopefully, just we, like, hopefully they don't just drop off the face of the earth and we actually do get some resolution there. Because then like at the pee pad, that's when, you know, Donna and David get to talk again. She says she got her job back on her own terms. David tells Noah that Mark was more high than drunk and that the accident was his fault and all of that. But then Noah's like, well, I'm just going to keep a closer eye on people from now on, which like, that's fine. Keeping a close eye on people. That's good. That's being perceptive. That's like, you know, watching out for danger in your own club. Um, But yeah. And then apparently because of all this, like they're now even. Yeah. They handled like, as soon as Noah showed up and David's talking to Donna, I was like, oh, it's going to get weird now. And then it just didn't. And I was, you know, pleasantly surprised. Like, I like that we don't have to have all this animosity, whether it just be because David has learned that people are real human beings or everyone is just too tired to fight with Val. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yep. Oh my gosh. And I, I guess, you know, that kind of brings up this last point, speaking of being tired of people, because Brandon shows up at the beach apartment and is like, I just need a few minutes. Like, he's basically demanding that Kelly talks to him, and it kind of seems like she's exhausted. She's like, okay, fine. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
he, like this is a good thing, is like, oh, I know why I cheated on you now. And he's like, like, things were too perfect. I'm so tired of this argument. Stop saying it. It's not perfect. She got shot three months ago. Exactly. She's like, he's like, I was too happy with you, so I needed to go screw it up. Like, okay, no, that doesn't excuse cheating, and that means that you need to probably be alone and figure that shit out on your own. Like, go to therapy and figure out why you have the need to self-sabotage. Yeah, but no. Instead, he's like, it'll never happen again, and I think you owe me another chance. And she's like, I don't owe you anything. Yeah, I literally wrote, like, he asked for another chance and that she owes him that. Rightfully, she says, I don't owe you anything because she doesn't. No. And this is, like, another episode where Kelly gets to end the episode on being like, no, I'm tired of you. I'm choosing my own life and my own happiness. I'm going to shut the door in your face. Right. Like, very, like, mic drop moment number three. (laughs) Yeah. Literally three weeks in a row, this is how this has ended with Brandon doing something stupid and Kelly getting the upper hand. And that's Rightfully what I mean. so. Yeah. And that's exactly what I mean. It's like, she's like, you, she basically is like, you still don't get it. Like, you say you know why you cheated. You don't realize that cheating is wrong no matter what and that that is always going to break my trust. And no matter what you say to me about why you cheated will not build trust with me and will not have you own up to it. So until you figure that out, I don't – I literally want you to leave me alone. Yeah. He just – he needs to be on his own or, like, I don't know. He needs friends that aren't Steve to help him figure things out. Exactly. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights, like coming to visit me in Amsterdam. And really, everything you just mentioned benefits me. I genuinely feel better after using Liquid IV. I'm refreshed, I'm hydrated, and I feel like I can conquer the day just like Brandon Walsh. Or Volleyball Steve. I especially love the new flavor, Seaberry, especially during the summer so I can pretend like I'm on a tropical island. Or I'll go with an iconic classic, like the Beverly Beach Club, with a lemon-lime flavor while I'm waiting for the grunions to run. Also, it's pretty neat that Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code 90210. That's 90210 at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code 90210 at liquidiv.com. And I, I think that's it. I think we covered the whole episode. I think so too. Do you have a quote of the week? It's like less one quote and just all of the vowel scheming. Like, it literally is just any time she's like, my work here is done, she gets that gleam in her eyes, that big grin, her eyebrow raise, all of it. That is, that is it. If I was going to guess, I was going to say, yeah, my work here is done, and then just like, yeah. leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mary? Do you have any quotes? 
God, I wrote so many down this week, which is very weird. Um, okay. So I had Steve saying, I mope, you report. Why mess with success when <laughs> um, he just wasn't doing anything at work? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this wasn't a quote. This was um, a paraphrase, but just Kelly being like, you could have gotten AIDS. You got a curable infection. Consider yourself lucky. Just yelling at this child who is literally sick at the doctor. Like, truly, talk about bedside manner. Right? God, the good job she got fucking killed me. Oh, my God. (laughs) Glass is telling Donna that raising the child is not their job. Because true. Okay, when Brandon abandoned Steve to talk to Harry and took Christy away to talk, he just said, don't worry, I'll say something nice at your funeral. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I love love little quips like that. Just give them to me. Um, Donna telling David, if you have to do the wrong thing to get what you want, it probably wasn't worth having. Val and Kelly moment at the clinic. Uh, Val is talking about the teenagers and she's like, tell me he didn't take her back. And Kelly's like, ever the romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, another Val quote. Um, Brandon saying that Christy's still at the Walsh house and she goes, she paying rent yet? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That was so good. I love Val so much. She's the best. Um, So much. This is why I was so excited, like, seasons ago that she was going to be on on the show. It's like, I knew you guys would love her. Love her. Um, Val happily dragging Kelly to Brandon's room so they can talk. <laughs> and then while Brandon is hugging Christy and then him just pointing at her and saying, I can explain this. <laughs> <laughs> this, not her. Yep. This. God, it's so good. And then Val, my work here is done. And then Kelly, I think Kelly said this. She said, that's our Val. (laughs) That's our Val. And that's it. Everything is Val-centric for the most part. (laughs) Yep. As it should be. Love it. Okay, and what about a moment of the week? It's got to be Val Smoothie. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I really need the smoothie. I loved it so much. It's like David, just just don't take calls in the kitchen. You knew what she was doing. She's got the blender right in front of you, and there <laughs> were two glasses on, on that counter. One was for him. Ooh. <laughs> so, what is next week's episode? Okay. Next week we have season eight, episode nineteen: crimes and misdemeanors. Noah literally just got notified that he's being sued. But that's really all I got. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah, because, like, literally because of all this, you would think this previous – this the current episode that we've been talking about would be called that rather than rebound. Yeah. Yeah. What was the rebound here? I guess Kelly with Jeff or – I, I don't know. Right? Like, was it the teenagers? Like, rebounding back to each other? I get nothing. I, I mean, know. yeah, I guess I guess Jeff is a rebound, but... 
Yeah, my only the only thing I can think of is that Val had a really good week and now she's about to have a really bad week. Mm-hmm. Fair. Okay, yeah, so we'll find out what crimes and misdemeanors are next week. But until then, we do have some correspondence. And I would like to thank our listeners for calling us out on not responding to our emails. Um, we have found out this week that our spam filter basically functions backwards. <laughs> like, our inbox is just full of spam and then... Our spam filter is all full of people being like, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. So we have corrected this. Um, some people's emails might have been lost into the ether. That is Google Mail's 30-day spam filter. But going forward, we will do better. Yes. And if you have sent us a, an email and we haven't gotten to it and you haven't heard yourself be shouted out, it may have been lost in the last 30 days. So just send it to us again, or if you don't want to, that's fine too. Totally get it. But yeah, if you do want to hear, you know, if you want your thoughts heard and want to be shouted out, we would love to do that. So just send it to us again, and we promise we will get to it. And Mary, real quick, what's that email address? It's backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, so... We have an email about the illegal tender episode from our listener. Uh, I'll just say Derek. I won't go his last names or anything. And it says, I have been waiting and anticipating you guys to get to this episode. Just a few opinions. And then proceeded to provide us with bullet points, which is like the key to my heart. It's so much evidence. And like, I got to say, Derek, you were like, you're so right. You're so right. (laughs) Yeah. So he says, I don't think they're making Kelly look stupid. The issue is, despite the past, Kelly would never think that Brandon would cheat on her. Why would you cancel a date you've supposedly been waiting years for? Facts. Like, literally what we heard in this episode of Brandon being like, I was just scared. Like, that's not Mm -hmm. how that works. You don't do that. And then says, there's a ton of hypocrisy in both characters. Should she be offended? He cheated. Absolutely. But – they haven't had a great collective history. Evidentiary support. Brandon seeing Emily while Kelly is in the fire and then going back to see her while Kelly's in the hospital. Kelly allowing herself to get caught up with Dylan and offered a trip around the world leading to the very infamous I choose me moment. Yeah. Kelly being upset at Dylan for getting engaged to Tori after I choose me. Brandon kissing Kelly while with Tracy. Kelly telling Brandon she should have loved him while he was with Susan when she was in the hospital during the Coke Kelly (laughs) storyline. Kelly and Dylan while Brenda was in Paris. So many moments, neither Kelly or Brandon is squeaky clean. We are made to believe that they have matured so much that they aren't capable of cheating. Brandon should have let Emma know up front nothing could have happened and stuck to his word. But in all, no, I don't think Kelly is being portrayed as stupid as we are supposed to forget everything that happened in the past. The writer's room had turned over by this point, and the writers just want us to forget the past. I know two of you are experiencing it for the first time. It gets bumpier from here. Next (laughs) season and season 10 are so hard to watch. Trust me, if you guys are appalled by this, you haven't seen anything yet. And, like, honestly, I mean, we all know that I have such blindness when it comes to the show, but, like, I have start some of the storylines have started to come back to me a little bit for the next couple of seasons. And yeah, it just, it really does go kind of like balls to the wall. So 
and like honestly like Derek like first of all thank you so much for this very detailed and very like supported email we love it (laughs) and also like it's so true you know like we have kind of forgotten how much we may have mentioned a couple of times like hey this isn't the first cheating storyline because of how much we hate cheating but it is really easy to forget all the details and all the back and forth and how this is not their first rodeo and to Derek's point like I think we've been suckered into thinking they had matured, you know, and that they were beyond this. And that's why this hits a lot harder than it did before. I mean, they spent how much of that season being like, hey, we're in the same book, but we're not on the same page. Like, they really, like, sucker punched you into thinking that they were more mature. And then pretty immediately, we're just like, just kidding. Exactly. Exactly. So thank you so I much, just, Derek, for accurately pointing out that we have a certain blindness when it comes to Kelly especially, but also just the Brandon-Kelly relationship in general. And for putting the fear in me about seasons 9 and 10. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, keep keep sending us the emails. I promise we have figured this out. We will set a schedule. Caitlin checks the email on Mondays. I check on Thursdays and Mary checks on Saturdays. Like something like that. <laughs> yeah. I will not get locked out of my email again and it will be fine. <laughs> but until next week, you can follow us on Instagram at back to podcast. And like we've mentioned, you can send us an email that I promise we'll check at back to podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All of that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community. And that means that we can give you all a better product because you send us feedback like we got today. And until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I have to go put on my clown chic. My work here is done. Y'all promised me we could go to the circus. Bye. Bye. See ya.